You are listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I am your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hello, and welcome back to the show. Happy you guys are here. I am going to be diving into a topic today that a lot of you guys ask questions about. I get a lot of questions on painful periods, on heavy periods, tender breasts. So ladies, although this episode is a little bit more obviously geared towards our monthly cycle and issues that can come up around in and around our period, aka PMS, that is not to say that males should not listen or understand, but maybe they just want to know what this episode is about and then share it with someone that they love. Maybe it's a significant other, sister, mom, whatever, who could benefit from this episode. So we are going to be focusing on female hormones and specifically how they can kind of become imbalanced in and around our cycle, um, specifically to the symptoms that we're experiencing. So PMS symptoms, premenstrual syndrome is what that's kind of caused. And typically those are characterized by Oh gosh. I mean, a variety of symptoms that we experience around our cycle. So moodiness, irritability, cramping, breast tenderness, bloat, um, lethargy, pain, all of those kind of things are characterized as the syndrome. And although that the syndrome is kind of normal, quote unquote normal, you know, a lot of people experience it. It is not normal. Like you should just, your period should just really kind of come and go and you shouldn't have to deal with any of these symptoms. You shouldn't be missing school or work because of the pain. You shouldn't be running to the bathroom every two seconds because you have to change your pad or tampon because of heavy bleeding. And, you know, this is the, this is the reality for a lot of people is that they, they do experience those things. And that was a huge reason why I created my online hormone course is because I want to teach people why these things are off in the first place. And although I'm not going to dive nearly as deep as I do in my online hormone course, I do want to share a little bit about why these things happen. Um, and then if you want some further research and you want some further knowledge, you know, definitely, definitely check out the course. You guys can use code podcast 20 all capital podcast 20 for a discount. If you are listening to this show and you would like to take a deeper dive on your hormones, um, I highly recommend it because, um, you know, I, I was seeing so many people who had the same collective symptoms. And although everybody is so bio-individual and is so different, they are all stemming from the root cause issues, right? So um, I really kind of want to get into just basic what why those things happen, what are some ways that we can kind of support them, um, and kind of go from there. So heavy periods, cramping, all that kind of stuff, estrogen, uh, or PMS type symptoms are typically caused by estrogen dominance. And so estrogen dominance can kind of occur because you, you might have normal estrogen, but you might have high estrogen in relation to progesterone. So that is still characterized as estrogen dominance. So you don't have to have sky high estrogen and normal progesterone to have estrogen dominance. You can just have high estrogen in relation to progesterone to have this estrogen dominance. And from the amount of Dutch tests that I've read, majority of people are estrogen uh, dominant. And I will always tell females and when I'm reading their tests, I'm like, oh, wow, like this is so unique. I'm really happy that you don't have estrogen dominance, you know, good for you because so many people just do, you know, we, it, it's crazy the prevalence that it is. And I kind of, that's what I want to use today is to just kind of teach you a little bit about why we can be estrogen dominant 
And then give you just a few tangible things that you can do in and around your cycle that if you do experience things like we had mentioned the symptoms above, um, acne was one that I didn't include, cravings was another that I didn't include, um, you know, things that you can do to kind of help, that you can do to help support that. I'm rolling my foot, my arch on a tennis ball or a golf ball and I was off balance and that's why I flung away from the mic. But anyways, anyways, all right, so... Okay. Estrogen dominance is kind of, we have to look at it as a whole picture, right? Because you, you can eat the healthiest diet in the world, but if we're not including the environmental factors into it, you're still going to continue to be estrogen dominant. So I really do want to start there because we have to start with what we're going to limit first. Like I could tell, I could give people the best foods in the world for estrogen dominance, but if they're still bringing these insulting things into their day on a daily basis, that's not helping. Right. So, um, environment is definitely the first place I want to go. So when I think of things that are causing estrogen dominance, I'm thinking of these endocrine disrupting chemicals that I've talked about in previous podcasts, like the one I talked about in episode 31, I believe with Haley Noel about cleaner swaps. We talked about some estrogen, uh, disrupting chemicals, things like fragrance, parabens, phthalates, um, pegs, uh, polyethylene glycol. It's a nano product that can help with product absorption. Um, things like uh, BPA. BPA is a huge one. And so even if you drink out of a BPA-free blender bottle or BPA-free like plastic water bottle, there's still other bisphenol compounds in there. So I always tell people, ditch any plastic that you possibly can, ditch your Tupperware, ditch all of that kind of, ditch your water bottles, do not drink out of plastic whenever you can, and really try to drink out of glass or stainless steel. Limit plastic whenever you possibly can. Um, and that goes for, you know, plastic meal prep containers. And even if you're not heating things up, plastic is still leaching into these products. You know, I limit the amount that I have to use like a plastic Ziploc bag and I really try not to use it at all, but sometimes, um, you know, obviously you have to use these things, but I really tell people that you really want to try to limit it whenever possible. Um, like I was saying, fragrance is another big one. So fragrance that you're wearing maybe in a personal care product like perfume or shampoo, conditioner, your favorite hair products, skincare. Fragrance is a huge endocrine disruptor, huge, huge, huge endocrine disruptor. Um, it's going to mimic estrogen in the body. And so when we're talking about estrogen dominance in these estrogen dominant type symptoms, things that look like estrogen are going to react just like estrogen in the body. And the body does not know the difference if it's your estrogen, if it's environmental estrogen, it just doesn't know. Um, things found in our food products. So pesticides and things like that can, can be xenoestrogens, obesogens, things like that. Um, so you really want to take a look at what is in your personal care products and, and really try to swap for the best. You know, I am a big lover of beauty counter because one, their transparency in their products. Um, you know, if there's a, a, a scent, they tell you it is orange peel, it's lemon peel, it's grapefruit. They, they don't hide what their scent is. And that's why fragrance is a huge thing is because it's a trade secret, right? So people don't steal each other's scents and whatnot. And it's the same thing with natural flavors and artificial flavors and supplements. I'd reach out to so many different supplement companies just to see, hey, can you disclose what your natural flavor is? And they're like, no, we can't. It's a trade secret. I'm like, well, I'm not buying your product. Um, and it's the same thing for fragrance, right? Like you, there's some companies companies that like, if you were to probably call and ask, Hey, can you disclose what this fragrance is? Some companies might just say, Oh yeah, it's essential oils. But I, I, why don't they just put that right on the packaging? I don't, I hate the lack of transparency in it. That really, 
that really causes just more work on our end as a consumer to understand like, okay, what is actually in this? So anyways, I'm a huge fan of beauty counter. I'll put the link cause you can shop, um, with under me. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support. That's all, all these different ways that you guys can support me are just ways that this podcast becomes possible. So I just want to put that out there and say, thank you so much. Um, I love, I love the transparency. I love the fact that they aren't putting these endocrine disrupting chemicals in their body. And I, since I've switched to cleaner products, it's really hard to say, that's why I don't have PMS. That's why I don't have heavier painful periods. That's why I don't have acne. I, I don't know. I mean, cause I made so many lifestyle choices, but I definitely think that it does contribute to the fact that I think everything does compound, um, and in, into these really good habits. So I highly recommend that. Primally Pure is another good one. I love their deodorant. I have like a few of their facial serums. They are very transparent in their ingredients. They tell you exactly what's in there. And most of them are just good enough that you could eat, right? So that's super, super important. There's not a a ton of brands that I honestly dive into because I do a lot of research around what the brand is doing, um, what what work the brand is doing for their products, how they're sourcing their products. So, um, you know, there are some good ones out there. Definitely just read the label and see is their fragrance is there parabens and parabens can hide in like methyl paraben. And you have to look at kind of the suffix, um, and phthalates, which is P H L A T E S. Um, those are kind of the big, big ones when it comes to estrogen, uh, estrogen dominance in our products. Um, anything that's really scented and, um, things that are sometimes not organic can also be. So when I think of that, I'm thinking of feminine hygiene products like, tampons and and pads, right? So that's with cotton, but what they're doing to these products is they're bleaching them and their cotton is heavily sprayed with glyphosate and glyphosate obviously wreaks havoc on your gut microbiome because it's going to unfortunately kill all the good bacteria, but it's not going to kill any of the bad bacteria. It's so stupid. So, um, you know, glyphosate is a huge one, especially even when it comes to your food products too. So just to be taking a look at that, um, you know, try to get organic and and locally sourced and know where it's coming from the best you can, you know, do it's all about doing the best. It's not about being perfect, but if you want to swap one thing, I would definitely swap the, um, traditional tampons and pads for organic, tampons and pads, they're really not that much more expensive. And I've had people where I literally just tell them to switch that and their painful periods are significantly better the next month. Like they don't even experience them to the extent that they did. So that's a really simple swap that really is not that expensive by any means, but think about how absorbable, absorbable our vaginal canal is, right? Like it absorbs everything and it's absorbing all the chemicals, dyes, pesticides, fragrance in the, and conventional tampons and pads. So that's disgusting, right? Um, so that's a really easy swap for you that you can do. Um, so when we think of estrogen dominance, think about all these different things that I had mentioned and think about, okay, how can I, how can you potentially limit or get these out of your life? Swap something for better, you know, look at cleaning products, look at your personal care products, like your hair products, all that kind of stuff. Cause it does add up. Right. And when, and when you run out of something, you have to buy something new anyway. So you might as well just swap it for something that's just a little bit better. Right. Um, that's kind of my motto on it is I'm going to have to buy something anyways. I might as well get something better, you know, laundry detergent, cleaning supplies. We use branch basics for all of that. They make a all purpose cleaner. They have like a concentrate, which then you turn into hand soap and all purpose cleaner and laundry detergent. Just, it depends on the amount of concentrate that you're putting in these set containers, which is pretty awesome. I mean, the less places that I have to figure out what's good and what's bad is cool for me, right? So many people are asking, what do you use for this? What do you use for this? Well, 
I lose minimal amounts of companies because I just don't like the work that goes along with it. I want to find a few that I love and try to use them for whatever I can. So that's a huge one for your environment because that's really, really important, especially with people, you know, doing a lot more work from home or just being in their home more. Hopefully now that it's spring and summer, people will be getting out. Well, it's not summer yet. It's not even really spring yet. I saw the sun yesterday and as I'm recording this, it's snowing. So it's not spring yet, but we're getting there and hopefully people will be getting out of their house a little bit more. Um, but nonetheless, um, you have to be looking at these environmental products, right? Like I can give people the best protocol in the world, but if they're still using their crappy herbal essence or whatever hair supply every day and they're like Bath and Body Works lotion and perfume, like it's like you buy a really expensive water filter, but you still are drinking out of the sink. It's, it's not, it's not doing all that you can do. Right. And again, it's not about being perfect. It's just about really trying to do the best that you can do. And, but I really want to start here when talking about these estrogen dominant type symptoms is because we have to start there. Right. Because I could, like I said, give you the best things in the world, but you're still going to experience it if you're not getting rid of the actual source. Um, So that's really important to kind of think about. So things that I do to be able to help support estrogen dominant type symptoms. One, we, we want to be thinking, okay, why are we estrogen dominant? We want to be looking at environmental chemicals. We also want to wonder why is progesterone so low, right? So estrogen dominant, like I said, can be in relation to progesterone. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have super high estrogen. You just might have high estrogen in relation to progesterone. And I see a million Dutch tests with low progesterone. So why is progesterone so low? Progesterone super low because stress is a huge one. Cortisol, people say it's a, um, the pregnenolone or, uh, they, they call it like the cortisol steel or something for progesterone. And that's not entirely accurate. Um, cortisol, does kind of compete with the same very same nutrients that you need to make progesterone. So cortisol is going to win um, when we're talking about competing for those nutrients and those resources. So again, we've talked about stress a million times, I feel like on this podcast and stress can really come in the many different forms. It can come in physical stress, you know, you're working out too hard, you're working out too little, you're overweight, you're underweight. Um, you know, you're around all of these different chemicals on a day to day basis, you aren't having proper detox, you Um, you know, you have mental or emotional stress from either a job or a significant other or, you know, hardships and, and, and a pandemic. I mean, there's a million different reasons that we can be stressed right now. Um, and I think it's important to understand why we're stressed and really do whatever we possibly can to mitigate stress. You know, whether that's meditation, getting outside, scheduling time for yourself, reading a book, setting boundaries, um, you know, I, we can only control so much, right? Like I can't control the fact that my mom died, right? Like I I wish that I could, but I can't. So I'm doing everything that I possibly can to mitigate my stress, take care of myself, make sure I'm meditating, getting outside, grounding, being with people that I care about, because those are things that I can control. Like I can't, I can only control so much, right? So for me going through that, I didn't ovulate for a few months, probably I didn't ovulate for two months. And so I really did a bunch of internal work and external work to try to get my stress under control. And now I'm back ovulating regular cycles. Um, and you can tell that my hormones are back on track from my Ava band and how I feel and all that kind of stuff. And and that really does come from one, the external work, but two, making sure that I'm eating enough nutrient density. I don't care about macros or calories. I care about how nutrient dense is my diet. Am I eating a bunch of whole foods? Am I getting these foods from good sources? Am I eating enough healthy fats? That's super important. These people who come for me from more of like a bodybuilding, higher carb diet have 
super low progesterone because they just don't have the precursors, like I said, to make it, which one of those precursors is just dietary healthy fat, right? So that's super, super important when we're talking about that. You can take certain herbs, um, you know, like adaptogenic herbs can potentially be helpful. Um, foods like squashes, um, beets, potatoes, all of those are really, really beneficial for boosting progesterone because you do want a sense of healthy carbs to be able to boost your progesterone, but you also want some healthy fats, you know, thinking of like avocados, um, sesame seeds, sunflower seeds, um, all of those kind of things are really packed to, to help boost your progesterone. So I've definitely, during the second phase of my cycle, I do a lot of like delicata squash, butternut squash, um, spaghetti squash. I've been doing a lot of beets, colorful, like that kind of color of food. Um, and the nutrients that are in those squashes and stuff are really beneficial for helping to boost that. Um, and obviously consuming lots of healthy fats. Cause that's always my go-to managing my stress is a go-to, um, doing things for myself, obviously, you know, it's, it's hard to set these boundaries, but it's really, really important for, for not only just boosting your progesterone, but just your optimal health in general. Um, okay. So getting progesterone up is obviously very important. And then next let's talk about some foods, some lifestyle things that we can do to kind of help help support estrogen detox. So I talk about this when I'm talking about the Dutch test is I can see the different pathways that estrogen is being detoxed. Things that we can do to help push it down the good and good and healthy detox pathways are things like cruciferous vegetables. So broccoli, cauliflower, arugula, um, cabbage, all of those different types of foods, um, you know, cooked is definitely probably the best because for your digestion, those are hard to digest and you can add mustard seed back in, um, as like a powder to help kind of reactivate those compounds. Diendelmethane, um, sulforaphane, those are kind of the compounds, indole-3-carbinol that you can take in a supplement form, but you can just get them in whole foods, which is always the route that I'm going to prefer. Um, broccoli sprouts are super, super packed with all of those compounds that can really help push healthy estrogen detox. Um, making sure that your liver is working good, right? So you can refer back to the detox episode. I believe that's episode number three or four. Um, that's back, that's back there. But, um, I talk a lot about detox in my online hormone course. So things they're going to help support your liver, um, especially post pill, but you know, on a daily basis, that's super important just with all the things that we're exposed to, even though we do try our best, um, you know, things like sauna, sweating, getting movement in, getting that healthy blood flow, getting that lymph flow. You can do things like dry brushing because that's really good for lymph flow. Like tender breasts is typically lymph stagnation in the breast tissue. So dry brushing, Epsom salt baths, um, movement, yoga, walking, all those kind of things are going to be really good. And then you can do like lymph and liver supporting herbs like calendula, dandelion, burdock. Um, those are definitely some of my, my favorites and my go-tos. Um, when I'm talking about how I can kind of support my lymph warming foods are going to be good. So you want to stay away from cold and raw foods because cold is going to create stagnation in the body. And when there's stagnation, there's inflammation, there's pain, um, which is typically manifests a lot of PMS symptoms, right? So that's why, you know, you put a hot pack on your stomach to help with cramps is because there's stagnation of fluid, which is creating pain. Um, so the heat helps prevent stagnation. So I am really big on castor oil packs all month long to help support a healthy liver, healthy lymph flow, healthy digestion, healthy hormones. I love it. It's relaxing. And it's a huge part of kind of my de-stress practice, right? So, um, I have a bunch of resources on that on my Instagram. I believe I made a, yeah, I made a reel about it. So you can check that out. Um, but when it comes to this, it's really important to kind of look at this as a holistic approach, right? Like 
yeah, birth control might fix your painful periods and whatnot, but it's not fixing why you're actually getting it. Um, you know, it might, it might help to an extent, but it's not fixing like the underlying reasons. Right. And that's super, super important that those obviously want to be addressed. And that's, that's definitely why I addressed, you know, lifestyle first before I even gave you guys any tangible tips that you could kind of, you know, get in, you know, so definitely take a look at your environment, take a look at the products that you're using. Um, you know, if you have questions on them, just send it, send a picture over to me. Um, so many people are like, what do you think of this product from this brand? And I'm like, can you just send me a picture of it? Um, because there's so many brands, there's so many different things. Like if you guys do have questions, just, just let me know. Um, you know, take a look at that stuff and I can give you a cleaner swap. Like I said, I don't use a million different brands because that's just more work on my part. I try to find a few brands that I really love. Um, like I said, I love Primally Pure. I love Beauty Counter. Um, I can put the links for those in the show notes as well, which the show notes are kind of right below this episode. So you, if you go to the page and you click on details, like if you're on iTunes, then that's where you kind of get all the links for this stuff. Um, let's see what else. Um, if you want to include more healthy foods into your diet, obviously like cruciferous vegetables, really, really big, um, healthy liver loving foods. So things like dandelion greens, burdock, um, dandelion root, eating liver, um, grass fed, pasture raised meats, things like bone broth. Cause those are going to be really high in, um, amino acids that are going to be healing to the gut to bring down a lot of inflammation eggs, incredibly supportive for your own eggs. Right. So like I eat a bunch of fish eggs and, uh, chicken eggs because, if we think about this ancient wisdom of, you know, I always say that eating liver is supportive to your own liver while well, eating eggs are supportive to your own eggs. Like I know that we all don't necessarily want to get pregnant all the time, but we all should be wanting to have a healthy cycle all the time. So eggs are good for your own fish. Eggs are good for your own, um, healthy fatty fish. Cause those are going to give you those anti-inflammatory things. Um, things like ginger turmeric can really be help helpful. Um, to decreasing just inflammation. But remember that you can't just like rely on ginger tea when you're having period cramps. You want to understand why is, why is that PMS symptom there? Why is the estrogen dominance there in the first place? Um, but those are really healthy medicinal things that I'll use, um, and recommend in place of people taking like ibuprofen or, um, things like that. Um, so yeah, I think that when I hope that this was helpful for you guys. And like I said, I dive a lot deeper on all these different symptoms when in my online hormone course, you can use code podcast 20. Um, if you are listening to this and you want to take it, I, uh, I really just want that information to be accessible to people because I'm constantly seeing people not have optimal hormones. And my goal is to have everybody have the best hormones that they could ask for. Um, because that just makes life more enjoyable, right? Like we're not irritable. We're not snapping at people that we love. We're not constantly bloated or hangry or, you know, in pain or missing things that we love to do. Like our period should never hold us back. It's just, it just, our period happens. We go about our life and then we just, it's just how it's supposed to be. Right. So you guys should not be subjective to your period pain heavy periods, you name it, you don't need to experience it. So I hope that you guys found this elf help. I cannot speak. I hope you found this episode helpful. Um, I'm going to be doing a really cool series kind of coming up. So in, in between the interviews that I'm doing with people, um, which my schedule has kind of been crazy. So, um, I haven't, I probably, I don't know the next time there will be an interview. It'll be sometime soon. Um, I need to get that in the books, but I am also going to be starting a series an informed and empowered consumer, con, 
an empowered consumer series all about different things that we use on a daily basis. So I'll be going into, you know, skincare and I'll be going into supplements. Like the first one I'm going to do, I'm going to be talking about pre-workouts and energy drinks and caffeine because I really, I'm not really big into that, but I do see how heavily abused they are by people. And now I'm dealing with the wrath of the damage that is done to their body. And so I really, I really want to kind of create a little episode or podcast series all about how we can be educated consumers. And I want to give you the informed consent around certain products that we use on a day day to day basis that are missing. Um, and I think that that's super important and I'm all about informed consent, whether it's a medication, whether it's you're coming to me for chiropractic, whether it's a food that you're using, a supplement you're taking, like there always should be educated risk and benefit to whatever's going on. Right. And then as your job, as you take the risk benefit, you weigh it out and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm totally doing this or I'm totally not doing this or, Oh my God, I wish I knew this before I bought this. Um, so that's kind of what I haven't envisioned behind this series. I was on a walk today and I was listening to my friend, Ellie. She had, um, an addiction, uh, coach on her Instagram and she was talking to him about the, just the addiction behind, caffeine, energy drinks, pre-workouts. And it just got me thinking, oh my God, there are so many things that I wish that I knew, you know, back when I was dry scooping these shitty pre-workouts. Um, and, and so that's why I want to create this series. Cause that's probably be the first one that I started with, because that's kind of what tailored all of these different things. And these people that I see on my Instagram who are constant amounts of caffeine and energy drinks and the crap that's filled, filled with crap, filled with crap to the brim. So, um, we're going to start there. You know, I'll probably work into protein and I definitely want to do personal care products. I'll probably work into like quote unquote health food products. Right. So if there's something that you kind of would like me to do some informed consent around, like maybe you're maybe a product that you used to really like. And, and I'm, and I won't necessarily do like one specific product, but I'm going to do like products in general, like what they're typically filled with, you know, like if I did health foods, I would do things like granola or, you know, typical, typical quote unquote foods, kind of more groups. So if there's a group that you guys would like to know, please let me know because I, I'm, I do this for you guys. I don't stand up here at my standing desk and talk for fun, even though it is fun to bring this information to people. Like I want you guys to get out of this, what you are looking for. Right. So please let me know, give me any feedback. I'm willing to kind of, I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to work with what you guys want, because that's obviously why I'm, why I'm here rolling my foot out on a golf ball with my microphone, my laptop open before I go into the practice recording this episode, because I freaking love you guys. And I want this information out there. So, um, let me know. I'm more than happy to be open to anything. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next week.